All right. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while ending the future of the American dream. Are you tired of this? At what point are you done giving to these companies that do not care about you? At some point, we have to fight back. And that's why I love my people over at Public Square. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to simply buy children's clothing, find new athletic clothing that knows what a woman actually is, shop for clean skin care, or find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as a consumer or business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. First of all, I want to say praise God for the success of Sound of Freedom. Uh, Not only did it uh, go and absolutely destroy Indiana Jones and the woke ideology of Disney, it has exceeded all expectations. I'm hearing numbers that Sound of Freedom has done $40 million so far. This movie only cost $15 million to make. So put that into perspective for five seconds. This movie is absolutely exceeding expectations and only God could do this across the board. But we're going to go into some notes that we've got here. We've got a lot of things to talk about and only a short amount of time to do it. All right, we are days away from the Durban Accords, the greatest threat to the U.S. dollar's global dominance in the past 80 years. On August 22nd, BRIC's nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, are expected to announce the launch of a new international supercurrency fully backed by gold or other commodities. This is part of their long-term plan to supplant the U.S. and the dollar as cornerstones of the global financial system. How can you protect your IRA, your 401k, or your savings from the fallout from this landmark announcement? You can diversify with gold from Birch Gold Group. Historically, gold has been a safe haven in times of high uncertainty, which, if you're not paying any attention, is right now. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Get a free information kit on gold IRAs and decide for yourself if a tax-sheltered retirement account backed by the physical precious metals is right for you. It's super simple. Free knowledge is vital knowledge. All you got to do is text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 right now. There is a monumental shift happening among the nations that control one-third of the world's GDP, and it kicks off on August 22nd. Ladies and gentlemen, this is only going to get worse. 
please, please think about your families. Arm yourself with the information to protect your retirement savings. Text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to the number 989898 and claim your free info kit from Birch Gold. Again, that's Graham to 989898 right now. So let's get into some of my notes. Okay, first of all, let's go to Rotten Tomatoes. I'm curious about this. Uh, This is something that I wanted to get into here. We're going to go to our little split screen just like this. This is the Rotten Tomatoes score for Sound of Freedom. Now, you'll notice that this is... This is unheard of, first and foremost. Look at this. 100% on 5,000 plus on the audience score. Sound of Freedom is operating at 100%. And shockingly enough, the critic score, which only 22 critics have actually reviewed, Sound of Freedom is at 77%. So again, all of these things are absolutely extraordinary. But the biggest thing is this, 100%. And I hope you guys like this view better. Let me know if you like it better. We've moved some things around in the studio. So now instead of me having to look like this way all the time to look at the screen, now I can just look directly at it. Um, This 100% review thing is is unheard of. It is absolutely uh, just miraculous in and of itself. And I think it speaks a lot to what God is doing with this. I think that child sex trafficking is things that we know exist. We know this is going on, but it's something that that we want to put in the back of our mind because it's so evil uh, and it's so horrific that we really just don't know how to process it. Um, now here's the big thing. And and here's what I want to talk about. The mainstream media is against this movie. You heard me correct when I said this, and this is why I need you to share the video. The mainstream media is anti a movie that is anti child sex trafficking. The media is coming to, I don't know, the defense of child sex traffickers. Oh, don't believe me. This is Rolling Stone magazine right here. The Sound of Freedom is a superhero movie for dads with brain worms. Now, if I can stop for five seconds and simply say this, um, whoever wrote this title has got to be the nerdiest human on the face of the planet. I've never seen something more dumb in my entire life. The Sound of Freedom is a superhero movie for dads with brain worms. The QAnon-tinged thriller about child sex trafficking is designed to appeal to the conscience of a conspiracy-addled boomer. Um, excuse me? Comment and let me know what you think of that right there. And you need to hit the share button. Oh my gosh, there's so many comments. There's so many comments. You guys, this is the most comments I think we've ever had. Hit the share button right now. Hit that like button. Um, Let me know what you think about that title right there. Uh, Before we read a little further in the article, The Sound of Freedom, a movie that is about Tim Ballard and people going out there and ending child sex trafficking, going out there and saving children from child sex trafficking. The Rolling Stone says that that movie is riddled uh, with QAnon conspiracy theories for the conspiracy theory addled boomer. Excuse me? What 
What part of that Rolling Stone hasn't been relevant in years? Absolutely. Since Hollywood is full of fans, does this surprise me? Um, No, not at all. It doesn't surprise me. Just another way for them to drive a wedge between us. Absolutely. These people are evil. They can't help but show it. Absolutely. They protect evil. Uh, Yes, I'm not going to say that one. Don't worry, guys. God's in control. 100%. Uh, Let's go back. Let's go back to the article here. Uh, where, where did my article go? There it is. All right, let's go back to the article here. Okay, again, Sound of Freedom is a superhero movie for dads with brain worms. The QAnon tinge thriller about child trafficking is designed to appeal to the conscience of a conspiracy adult boomer. They didn't say it's designed to appeal to those that are anti-sex trafficking and want to end sex trafficking. No, this movie that is anti-child sex trafficking is designed, obviously, to to be a fan favorite for conspiracy theorists because it's a conspiracy, right, that child sex trafficking exists. It's a conspiracy that that's happening. These people are sick, demented, and they're nothing but a bunch of, of, of enablers for pedophiles. That's what these people are. That's what these human beings are. Let's go down. Let's read a little bit what this is. I don't know. It's an ad inside the thing here. Okay. Based on a true story in parentheses. I love that. It is based on a true story, but I heard from somewhere across the theater. I really dislike this person already. The familiar words had appeared on screen and an elderly man had taken it upon himself to read them aloud to the rest of the sizable audience for the matinee of The Sound of Freedom. Uh, For the seasoned moviegoer, the phrase is a joke. We know that cinema will stretch almost any truth to the breaking point and the rank insincerity of such a pronouncement is the foundation of the prankish opening titles of Fargo, but this crowd, I could tell, would view the events depicted over the next two hours plus as entirely literal. First of all, I actually want to attack this right now. Uh, If anything, and comment in the comments and let me know what you guys think. If anything, I know for a fact that they did not have the budget in the movie to actually show everything. I know that for an absolute fact. So if anything, what you saw was a condensed version of the actual events that actually took place because they simply did not have the budget to be able to do it. Uh, That is in itself insanity. That is crazy in and of itself that what they were able to portray in this movie was not the full story, was not the whole thing, was not how it all goes. But anyway, back to this article. Here we go. All right. Caviezel, best known for being tortured to death in Mel Gibson. <sighs> this is what we're dealing with. Caviezel, best known for being tortured to death in Mel Gibson's The Passion of Christ, has become a prominent figure on the conspiracy right, giving speeches and interviews in which he hints at an underground holy war between patriots and sinister legion of evildoers who are harvesting the blood of children. It's straight up QAnon stuff right down to the use of catchphrase like the storm is upon us. Okay, this guy doesn't even look. All right, here's the truth. Okay, these people are evil. These people are evil. There is evil in our world. These people absolutely, of course, of course they're, not now, of course they're doing this. Of course that that they are coming out in full force. Of course they are coming out in full scale things against 
uh, the sound of freedom. Why? Uh, because it's directly in their narrative to do so. Why? Because sound of freedom, people like Jim Caviezel are actually saying the quiet parts out loud. Um, a lot of people called uh, Mel Gibson crazy. A lot of people said, oh, Mel Gibson, you know, he's pretty nuts, da 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 But at the same time, all of a sudden, now we're finding out all these things. And here's the truth. Absolutely 100% are people doing evil things in Hollywood. Absolutely 100% are people in Hollywood complacent to the evils in our world. 100%. 100% are children being trafficked. Uh, underneath abortion is the most sinister, horrific act that could ever be done to a child. Absolutely. Why are they coming out in full force against this? We're getting to this in a minute. Look at it like this. I, and I'll send this to you. And so this is inside knowledge for your listeners, uh, for, for, for even for my listeners, because we're going to release this on dear America as well. Um, my last book that I put out, it was with a publishing company and, uh, I submitted like my whole manuscript or whatever, and they actually took out an entire chapter in that book. It infuriated really? me to all ends. Like they took an entire chapter out of the book. And in the book, I titled that chapter, How to Destroy America. And I wrote the, the, the chapter. I think you'll appreciate this because you're a music artistic guy. Have you ever heard uh, the, oh, I don't remember who did it, but but if I were the devil, you ever heard that? Like if I were the devil and I wanted to destroy America, yes. I'd do this and this. Yes, and this that's and this. right. So I wrote it in the same cadence of that, but it was how to destroy America. And at the very last line, I still have that chapter of the book and I'll send it to you that they took out. At the very end of it, I say, so how, how do you destroy America? You do it straight in the face of everyone and dare somebody to do something about it. And they won't that that's how you destroy America. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's happening right now. And I wish to everything I, I may, I don't know. I may release it. Like some of the things like aren't relevant anymore. Cause it was, you know, two and a half years ago, but some of the things like that are very relevant to today. And because, because they are, they're waving it right in our face. Like, like, you know, that this happened. You know that they did this. You know that this is going on, but yet they're still just throwing it in your face and kind of like, well, what are you going to do about it? And, mm. you know, that's a question that every person listening has to ask themselves, what are you going to do about it? Because they're literally waving it in front of your face. They're lying to you straight in front of your face and you know, it's a lie. It's like when your kids lie to you and you already know what they did, but you ask them anyway, right? Like, like, like what'd you mm -hmm. do? And that's then they right. lied to you, but you already know what they did. Well, that's happening on our end, except we're not doing anything about it. What's going on, everybody? I want you to stop drinking communist coffee. I want you to switch to America's coffee, blackriflecoffee.com. It's very simple. You can spend the rest of your life drinking frou-frou drinks for anti-American communist pieces of garbage, or you can drink America's coffee and support my friends of over 10 years at blackriflecoffee.com. Go get America's coffee, fuel up on freedom, blackriflecoffee.com right now. Mm. That is a great point, Graham. You know, I feel like, I feel like this movie, and, and by the way, I'm not even saying like, 
this is like the most amazing film I ever saw. I mean, yeah. this, this movie is not even about the film anymore to me. It's about the response to this film. And it has done something to me that has made me realize even more. And in fact, let me say this. I just want to make I'm sure everybody knows I already knew sex trafficking was, was real. I didn't, yeah. I didn't learn anything new from this film. I liked it. Right. I, I embrace it. People should see it. I liked it. What I've learned from this film is from the response. And it has made me realize even more that we are not in a reasonable day. We, we are not in a reasonable day where you go, I, I want to engage people in reasonable conversation and win them over. We're dealing in, in days of madness. And that yeah. a, a little bit of me died this week seeing this when I went, okay, you know what? The days of trying to be reasonable are over. So, so let me tell you what's on my mind, Graham. Yeah, go for it. You already know this, but I'm going to go through the list for our, our listeners. All right. Number one, I've read all the sexual revolution material from the, the, the 30s from Wilhelm Reich. I read the sexual revolution stuff from uh, uh, Marcuse, who is a critical theorist. And I read the, the second wave feminist stuff. And then the third wave feminist stuff. I read the medical establishment in the late 40s and 50s. Uh, was it Kenzie who wrote um, yeah, sexuality? Kenzie, yeah. uh, Kenzie mm -hmm. sexuality, the human male and then the, the, the female. Read this stuff about John Money, who did the, the transgender surgeries back in the 60s. All of these people, all of them, without exception, promoted pedophilia. Every yep. single one of them and the medical establishment of the day promoted every single one of them. Hollywood promoted every single one of them. The media celebrated every single one of them. Yep. Nothing has changed all the way up today. Well, you got people like Kevin Bacon and Charlize Theron and yep. Melissa McCarthy and all these Hollywood actors saying how wonderful it is to take your kids to drag queens or story hour and drag is love. And you're like, nothing has changed. These people are not reasonable. And so I'm looking at it going, okay, wait a minute. If the sexual revolution and remember conjoined with the medical establishment, big media at the time and Hollywood if it's the same thing as today and all of them praise pedophilia and the sexualization of your children and the media is coming out against an anti uh, as anti anti sex trafficking. It, it's a it's a mouthful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as you said, the simplest answer here is that we our inst our elites are a bunch of sick perverts. Yes, that's the simplest. That's mm -hmm. it. And, and, and it is not reasonable for us to say, well, that's not really fair. The facts are there. And this is this has just made me realize that little piece of me that just really wants to be winsome and give the benefit of the doubt. I think you're I think you're just being imprudent if you're still giving people the benefit of the doubt. But a week ago, I still was giving people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. It is done, it is gone. You're dealing with a bunch of perverts who are in fact coming after the kids. Am I right or wrong? No, no. Well, no. I, I mean, you Graham, know, Graham, been, I, Graham's like, I've been preaching that for seven years. Finally, I, John's on I, my side. I've been easing you into this for four or five years <laughs> now, John, like, 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 like slowly but surely. All right. So absolutely horrific lawlessness in the words of that song. Uh, absolutely horrendous. Um, it, it, it is, it is horrible that the, the lyrics, the lyrics are just terrible. Um, 
I, I don't understand how the record label let it <laughs> let it get through in any way, shape, form, or fashion. That's you know, it's the most aggressive, most violent lyrics I've ever heard. I don't know about the rest of you. Actually, the lyrics are not that bad at all. Uh, I'm going to read the rest of it uh, of the lyrics here. Try that in a small town because I want to put some comparison here. Hang on, lyrics, stupid. <laughs> Somebody on a sidewalk Carjacking old lady at a red light Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store You think it's cool, act a fool if you like Cuss out a cop, spit in his face Stomp on the flag and light it up Yeah, you think it's tough Well try that in a small town See how far you make it down the road Around here we take care of our own You cross that line, it won't take long For you to find out, I recommend you don't Try that in a small town Okay, so here we go. So here's the full lyrics. So you guys heard him sing the first part. Uh, it goes on to say, got a gun that my granddaddy gave me. They say one day they're going to round up. Uh, well, that S might fly in the city. Good luck. Try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Uh, around here, we take care of our own. You cross that line. It won't take long for you to find out. I recommend you don't try that in a small town. Then it goes, full of good boys, raised up right. If you're looking for a fight, try that in a small town. Try that in a small town. And then it repeats the chorus. Again, absolutely horrific, divisive lyrics. And the outrage has been quite horrific, actually. It's been, um, here we go. This is an article from Taste of Country. Uh, Jason Aldean's video pulled from CMT amid outrage around racism and gun violence. So just so you guys know what, what the video actually showed, for those of you who hadn't seen it, all it did was just show clips of people rioting, people robbing liquor stores, people punching old ladies in the face, uh, people spitting on cops. I mean, literally word for word what he says in the video, it just shows real life footage of people actually doing those things. All right, so let's see if we can read this here. Jason Aldean's current single, Try That in a Small Town, has drawn praise from fans who approve its pro-gun, pro-police uh, message of small town justice, but others have criticized the song as being filled with racist dog whistles. Celebrating sundown towns, a term of towns or neighborhoods practicing racial segregation via discriminatory local laws or outright violence and intimidation. I got to be honest with you. I, I, I missed all the parts in the song where it said black people are bad and black people suck. Uh, I even saw a statement from Jason Aldean saying that he's been accused of modern day lynching. I definitely missed that part about, I don't know, hanging black people from a tree. Like, like I don't understand. And then a lot of people are like, well, the courthouse that he was in front of in that there were lynchings back during slavery. Okay. The man's from Georgia. 
Okay, I, I, I'm not 100% sure what courthouse that was, but I would just imagine it was probably Georgia because he lives there. Maybe I'm wrong. Email me, grandmadearamericamedia.com. If you know what courthouse that was, they actually filmed that video in front of, uh, let me know. But that, that patch of grass over there, slaves walked on back during the slavery days. You see, do you see that tree right there? That's where they used to, yeah, slaves. What? Shut up. Stupid. Has nothing to do with the song at all. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, but over the weekend, many listeners took to social media to provide lots of details on why they object to the song's racist undertone. That's what they say when the song's actually not racist. They just don't like it because it's the truth. It has a racist undertone. The undertones are racist. Well, what's the undertone? Oh, well, it's talking about lynching black people. What? Where? <laughs> Where in the lyrics did you find something that even remotely in any stratosphere of the human imagination get to lynching black people? I, I, I'm missing that. The message of the song celebrates the good old boys raised up right who aren't afraid to take the law into their own hands when faced with anyone who goes against their small town values. In addition to crimes like carjacking and robbery, the song issues an explosive warning to anyone who would cuss out a cop, spit in his face, or stomp on the flag and light it up. The song is actually a great example of how you don't have to mention race at all for something to be very obviously about race. Come on, say what? Hold on. <laughs> Let me read that again. Remember when I said racist undertones? It's just a word they use when the song's actually not racist. They just want to do it. Listen, this is exact words. Uh, this song is actually a great example of how you don't have to mention race at all for something to be very obviously about race. You don't have to mention race at all for something to be obviously about race. You don't have to mention, I'm trying to wrap my head around that sentence. You don't have to mention race at all for it to be something about race. That's like me saying, I don't have to mention my wife at all for it to be about my wife. What? The Braves, you know, have sucked the last five games. We've won four out of the last five. Well, that's obviously about his wife not doing what he believes she should be doing of wifely duties. What? <laughs> no, it's about Braves baseball. What are you talking about? <laughs> These people are morons. These people are neurotic, mentally ill individuals is what these people are. This is, this is literally making something out of nothing. This is this is this is beyond making something out of nothing because it actually is nothing. But what's interesting to me and I know some of you probably saw the uh the video to this, but um I'm going to try to read these lyrics here. <clears throat> uh it's pretty rough. Uh and if your children are listening, I ask uh I'm going to try to <laughs> I'm going to attempt to uh, self-censor myself as much, but, but I wanted to put it in comparison to other songs with actual bad lyrics. Then let, let's also go here. Let, let's, uh, uh, oh, yeah. Hang on. I'm trying to pull up stuff here. All right. So let's start off with some of the most violent 
and just disturbing things of all time. Now, I'm telling you all adults right now, if you are a person under the age of 18 years old listening to this, and if you are a parent and, and, and you have children in the car with you, turn this episode off right now. This is your warning. This is very vulgar lyrics here that I'm about to read, but it is for the purpose of comparison to there was no outrage. Uh, these, these albums still skyrocketed to number one. Well, I'm not going to say there was no outrage. There was outrage from people like me, but you know, these, these albums skyrocketed to number one on the billboard charts. And I'm just going to read you the differences between the lyrics. Okay. One is a very, sexually charged, just disgusting song. And the other one is a very violent song. So this is your warning. Turn it off right now. Get your kids out of the room. Come back, listen to this episode later. Okay, here we go. All right, WAP by Cardi B. WAP by Cardi B was a song, uh, for those of you who don't know, it stands for uh, wet, A-double-S, Uh, P word for a woman's genitalia, right? Like this is going to be very difficult to get through uh, and and keep my salvation as a Christian here. All right, so here we go. Let's try to read this. All right, these are the lyrics. I'm not going to read all of these. It is absolutely mind-blowing. Okay, so here's some of the lyrics here. Um, uh, (laughs) Okay. Oh, gosh, how do I even read this here? Okay, here we go. Beat it up, N-word, catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Beat this P right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top, I want to ride. I do a Kegel when it's inside. Oh, gosh, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize so much, but 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 it is very relevant for the point I'm trying to make. Oh, Spit in my mouth, look at my eyes. This pee is wet, come take a dive. Tie me up like I'm surprised. Let's role play. I wear a disguise. I want you to park that Big Mac truck right in this little garage. Make it, uh, forgive me, Lord. Make it cream, make it scream. Out in public, make a scene. I don't look, I don't clean, but let me tell you, I got that ring. Okay, that's all I can read of it. It, it, it's, it. it only gets worse from there. So that's sexual degeneracy, but 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 it goes on. What happened was what had happened was what had happened was everything's good in 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 Barbie world. Okay, it's kind of like a Pleasantville kind of play, which also Pleasantville is not appropriate for children, but 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 it does kind of paint that kind of thing. Like Pleasantville is this thing where it's super pleasant or whatever, and then Tommy McGuire, and then oh, I can't remember the chick's name. I don't care. I'm moving on. Anyway, uh, they start asking questions that you're not supposed to ask in Pleasantville and it starts throwing everything off. Right. So, so that's kind of what the trailer alludes to. The trailer alludes to everything's good. Everything's fine. But Barbie herself, which by the way, isn't like the only Barbie. Apparently, apparently like there's every type of Barbie through this thing. Uh, you know, all the Barbies throughout the years or, or, or whatnot. Um, and, uh, you know, what, whatever, but, but either way, the main Barbie, which is Margot Robbie, 
Um, she starts to like question mortality, I guess. And then that's what you heard her say is anyone ever thought about dying and like it throws everything off and she's like messed up the Barbie verse. (laughs) Right. And so it leads to this point where, um, which I mean, I can find the agendas in everything. Right. And so it leads to this part where she's talking to this other Barbie and it's like, you can either go back Basically, you can take the red pill or the blue pill. <laughs> you need to go back to the life that you knew. And she's holding a high heel in one hand, for those of you who don't know. Or you can go to the real world and find out the truth. And it's a Birkenstock in the other one. Which, again, I get it. It's made for women. Okay, heel, Birkenstock, whatever. Uh, Barbie goes, the heel. I want to uh, the heel. I want to go back to the thing. And then the girl literally says, no, 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 no. You have to want the truth. Let's try it again. In other words, what you know You don't even know what you want. I know what you want better than you. So anyway, all right, this movie, let's just go ahead and get it out now. This movie, and and, and hold on, just to to show you that I am not making any of this up. Watch this. So this is Jeremy uh, Jans, or or Johns. Like I said, he is not... A conservative. This guy. Oh, be quiet. He is not a conservative. He is. I don't know what his political leanings are, and he does a very good job of that. Um, Hang on, I got to get through this this ad here. Uh, Hang on, bear with me. And here, go away, go away. Skip the ad. Okay, here we go. All right. So this is uh, Jeremy Jan's opening dialogue for his Barbie review. And I want you to hear what he says, because before I continue to thing this down, his opening statement of let's not beat around the bush. This is what it means. I think it's very powerful. Here we go. This is Jeremy Jones. Yeah, clearly I'm the target audience of this film. So let's review it. Barbie. So Barbie stars Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, directed by Greta Gerwig. And it's based on Barbie. Everything's going fine in Barbie land. Things start to go awry and that adventure takes her and Ken into our world. She enters the real world. So it's a whole, it's that kind of. I thought the beginning of this movie, like the first half hour, I thought it was, it was interesting, if not visually compelling. It did look like a Barbie world come to life. They have some fun with some of the tropes of the Barbie world, some of the cliches. Barbie Land felt like an episode of Tales from the Trip, but not the scary ones, you know, the fun ones. At first, it's a little jarring, but you kind of do fall into it. Now, is Barbie a smash the patriarchy feminist film? Yes, it is. It's worth addressing. It, it's in the makeup of the film. To its core, to the bone marrow of the film, reviewing Barbie and not even addressing that fact, it's kind of like reviewing Oppenheimer and not even mentioning the bomb. How- there you go. Okay. So, 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 so that's what I'm talking about here. And as I go on, okay, so do not get it twisted. This movie is anti-men 100%. The patriarchy is bad. And the only thing, but, but, but it goes even further than that. It's not just the patriarchy is bad. It's that the matriarch And the matriarchy is the only good thing. And it's the only thing that matters. And it's the only thing that can like save the world. Men are these evil, evil people. So, you know, uh, I I like the the, the website plugged in. Um, And if you guys don't, 
use that website, I absolutely recommend that you do. I want you to know that this is not me making stuff up. This is not conspiracy things. There are homosexual things throughout this entire film. There is transgender Barbie uh, that even Ken at one point is like hitting on transgender Barbie. There are gay and homosexual references like uh, uh, a beach off. Oh, I'm going to, I'll, I'll beat you off right now. Oh, I'm going to beach everybody off. You know, uh, get it. Do, do you understand what I'm saying now? What they're talking about in the film is they're talking about like surfing, but it ain't, it don't come across that way because the characters that are playing these characters, they're gay. That's what it is. And, and, and it's this kind of like, ha ha ha, like subliminal, like, oh, it could be this. It could be. No, we, we all know what it is. Okay. So this is sexual content. So the pluggedin.com, as I said, they go through the whole aspect of the film. They give you the good, the bad, sexual content, violence, spiritual elements, all this other kind of stuff. So I'm just going to read this. And, and while I read it again, I want to remind you that this movie was made or at least it's just understood. Okay, now the people, the directors are going to be like, well, Barbie's not made for just children. Barbie's made for older women. Shut up, okay? It's Barbie. All right, just, just shut up. It's for little girls who play with Barbies and Barbie dolls, okay? My daughter wants to see this movie, and I had to tell her straight up, ain't never gonna happen, okay? In your mind... Remember, as I read this stuff to you, remember, this is a movie for your daughters, not your teenagers, which even teenagers, I'm like, eh, no, this is for your little baby girl that is still in pigtails playing with Barbies. Okay, here we go. Uh, when, Bar when Barbie first, uh, oh, this is sexual content. Okay. So this is talking about when she gets to the real world, right? Where, so, oh, I guess I need to backtrack. So the real dichotomy of this movie is in Barbie land or Barbie world, it's a matriarchy, right? It's predominantly women. There's a Supreme court of women. There's a woman, black female president. Hello, Kamala Harris. Well, actually it's going to be Michelle Obama, but that's a different thing. And the men are the minority and they are stupid. They are idiots. They are simps for these women. And, and Barbie doesn't even like Ken. And that goes for all the Barbies. Like all the Barbies don't like Ken. Ken's just a friend. He is like in the friend zone. He is an accessory to Barbie. Okay, it is it is a woman's world and the men are stupid. They are stupid. They're not needed, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, when things start to fall apart, Barbie and Ken go to the real world. Oh, I feel like such an idiot, even just talking in this way. But 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 either way, they go to the real world and now they're in the patriarchy. Because in the real world, it's a patriarchy and the men are bad and they objectify women and women don't have anything. So let's get into the sexual content for this Barbie movie for your little girl with pigtails still in her hair. Here we go. All right. When Barbie first arrives in Los Angeles, uh, multiple men stare and catcall her. Barbie, who's never been objectified in her life, states how self-conscious this makes her feel. She opposes this behavior by announcing, I don't have a vagina. Did you hear what I just said? This is a movie, again, and as I continue to read these things, this is a movie geared toward 
your probably five to eight-year-old daughter. And when she's objectified in the patriarchy real world, her response is, I don't have a vagina. Then she looks at Ken and adds, and he doesn't have a penis. Ken is embarrassed by this statement and counters it with the lie that he does, in fact, have male bits. That's the first thing I've read. We ain't even got we ain't even got started yet. <laughs> okay, we hadn't even got started yet. Um, elsewhere, Weird Barbie, played by the Oddball Saturday Night Live, uh, Kate McKinnon makes it clear that the lack of certain anatomy doesn't deter her. Okay, so Kate McKinnon plays uh, Odd Barbie, and Odd Barbie is supposed to represent, which this was witty. I'll give her this. She was supposed to represent the Barbie that's been played with too hard. You know, we've all seen it. We've all got daughters who have like, like put like drawn makeup on the Barbie's face or like rip the Barbie's arm off or whatever. That's Kate McKinnon. Right. And she's the one that's like telling Barbie she's got to go to the real world. And then again, this is obvious things that this is the subliminal stuff all the time. Uh, her lack of certain anatomy doesn't deter her. In other words, it doesn't matter what you got packing down there. You can do whatever you want to do. You can be whatever you want to be. Uh, let's see. Uh, as the film progresses, Barbie and her friends are repeatedly objectified. We're shown a montage of men putting their arms around women to help them with simple tasks. Many unhealthy stereotypes are portrayed to demonstrate other unwanted attention from men, and Barbies even trick some kins through flirting, ultimately pitting the kins against each other for the Barbie's affection. This comes for like the major war at the end to reestablish the matriarchy in Barbie world. Uh, Barbies occasionally wear swimsuits, blah, 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 blah. That, I don't even care so much about because Barbies do have slim swimsuits. Uh, let's see. As mentioned above, Ken's pines for a romantic relationship with Barbie. However, she only sees Ken as a platonic way. Therefore, whenever Ken tries to kiss Barbie, she rejects him. When Ken asks to spend the night at her house, she denies his request. And Ken admits that he doesn't know what they would do if he slept over, only that it's expected of couples. Again, what? why, why is that even in the movie. This is a movie for little girls. Uh, we learned that some Barbie dolls were discontinued because of ill-advised concepts, such as a Ken doll called Sugar Daddy. And the reason he was called that because he had a pet named Sugar, uh, but they got rid of it because that's bad. Uh, a growing up Skipper doll whose breasts grow and Earring Magic Ken, which many consumers nicknamed Gay Ken. Another doll, Pregnant Barbie Midge, had a short shelf life because we're told the marketplace just thought the concept was too weird. We see pictures in the credits of the original packaging and show a preborn baby in the credits. Barbie historians will know that Midge's husband was Alan, who also shows up here, though it isn't connected to Midge in the film, as an ally to Barbie and basically the only male character who doesn't look or act like a Ken. Sexual orientation, per se, isn't directly addressed in Barbie Land itself. However, some Barbies and Kens are portrayed by members of the LGBT community, and this occasionally comes through in their portrayal. Some male characters here could be seen as being quite effeminate, too. Parents should note that Harry Neff, a trans performer, plays one of the female Barbies, the trans Barbie I was telling you about. We see a same-sex couple flirting in the real world during a dance sequence. Several Kens embrace and kiss stereotypical Ken on his cheeks. One of Mattel's lowly office workers asks the question, I'm a man with no power. Does that make me a woman? Another double 
Entrada repeated multiple times between Ken involves the phrase, I'm going to beat you off. One Ken eventually says, I'm going to beat both of you off. So while there's little here that's explicit, some will definitely, some will identify LGBTQ, LGBTQ subtext and winks in certain moments. Um, yeah, like I said, it's all subtle, right? But what's not subtle is the fact that they say the patriarchy probably 3,948 times in this film. Okay. Again, all of these things, all of these things, every, every bit of it, every bit of it, nothing has to do with anything. Okay. Nothing has to do with anything that is Barbie and, and, and all of this other kind of stuff. And I saw one review of the final ending of the film and again, I don't really want to talk about the film much more than this, except for the fact of the main premises behind all of this stuff is A, um, in Barbie world, which is the good world, uh, women are in charge, women are the best, women have all the power, and men are simps and weak and stupid. In the real world, the patriarchy is in charge Women can't do anything. Women aren't able to do nothing. And men are in charge and men are bad. Okay. And then at the end, to restore order in Barbie world, uh, Barbies have to flirt with and confuse the Kens to fight themselves. I, and I kid you not, this is really it because the Kens take over Barbie world because Ken sees the patriarchy and falls in love with it, comes to Barbie world and takes over. As Ben Shapiro pointed out, in the movie, they say that Barbie world, the matriarchy is the most powerful thing and they don't need no man and blah, 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 blah. But yet Ken is able to take it over in like five seconds either way. But then somehow, because they have a Supreme Court, they're going to hold a vote in 48 hours. So the Barbies devise a plan to manipulate the Kens with their feminine wiles uh, to distract them so they fight each other while they have a vote to restore Barbie land to the way that it should be, which is led by women because women are the smartest and women are the best. That is literally the movie. That's the truth. That's not me like putting in some kind of subtext, subplot. That is the movie. And then at the very end is the weirdest part. Okay, at the very end, and I'm on a site, and um, it's just called leisurelybite.com. And it says, Barbie ending explained. And I kid you not when I say this. Barbie ending explained, why does Barbie visit the gynecologist at the end? Yes, I said that because that is what happens. The very end of this movie. Uh, well, also there was like a third ending where uh, the, the woman who created Barbie comes out and is actually like the truth about all of it is that the men have never had any power because it was a woman that actually designed Barbie and created Barbie in the first. We know this. This chick was the CEO of Mattel for 30 years. She was in charge. A woman was in charge. And Ben Shapiro, to his credit, to date, yes, there's a CEO of Mattel that's a dude, but on the board of Mattel, there are five women. Six men, five women. That sounds like patriarchal oppression to me, but I digress. The ending of this film is Barbie goes to a gynecologist because apparently 
with her deciding at the end of this movie that she's going to go live in the real world because that's where she realizes that she belongs. I guess she grows a vagina, I guess. And I'm not trying to be crude here. I'm just trying to be honest, like, because this is what your kids will be watching. Barbie now has a vagina. And what's her first order of business now is she's going to go to the gynecologist. Why? Your guess is as good as mine. I have no freaking idea <laughs> why that would even be in there. And I ask you this question because I've seen some friends of mine that are like, oh, it's not that bad, blah, blah, blah. The ending of Barbie is she grows a vagina and she goes to the gynecologist. Like, even if they don't like say, oh, I have a vagina now, or oh, I grew a vagina. She goes to the gynecologist, which is going to lead to your daughter asking you, what's the gynecologist? What is that? This is, a, this is a movie about Barbie. Five and eight-year-old little girls play with Barbie. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about? What is catcalling to a young child? Why does, it, why does a young child need to hear about homosexual kids talking about beaching each other off? Why is there a transgender Barbie? Why is there this idea of, of, of destroying the patriarchy? Because patriarchy bad and matriarchy good because they are trying to groom your children to destroy the nuclear family with this mental illness that is the LGBTQ community, this mental illness that men are bad, women are good. Women don't need no men. Men don't need no women. When in fact, biblically, we know that actually uh, man and wife are supposed to be together because uh, no, no man, no woman are supposed to be alone. That's not how we're designed. And it's also to sexualize our kids. That's it. And that's all I got. If you hear this and you disagree, let me know why you disagree. Graham at DearAmericanMedia.com. If you hear this and you still take your child to go see this movie, you're a bad parent. Sorry, said it, don't care, get mad. Email me, Graham at DearAmericanMedia.com. I love to hear it. I love to hear your thoughts and your expressions on, on why. In fact, uh, let me see if I can do this really quick. In fact, I um, have a probably the greatest interview in the history of mankind from Ted Nugent to play for you guys. Uh, and instead of COVID-19 shot, just insert uh, Barbie into, into this uh, question. You know, this guy's asking like, so everybody that got COVID-19 shot, blah, 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 blah. Just be like everybody that got Barbie and just listen to Uncle Ted for a second, what he has to say. People who believe it is a worthwhile vaccine and it is saving lives. Are they just dead wrong? Are they been fed a line? If you go see Barbie, are you wrong? Tim, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to the people that went ahead and got the jab. I speak their language. I would speak to them thusly. They understand that. So everyone that went to see Barbie is stupid? Millions of people that got the shots, they're just stupid? Yep. <laughs> yep. If you go see Barbie with your daughter after hearing all this, yes, you're stupid. That's all I have for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Maybe I'll do more movie reviews. I don't know. Let me know what you think. If you guys liked it, let me know. Uh, this helped you. Let me know. Uh, Graham at DearAmericanMedia.com. That's all we have for this episode, and we'll see you all again next time.